back to another episode of Pocket Law Talks. This is Brad, along with uh, Adam again. Hello. And producer Devin. The most handsome man in this podcast. That's a lie. Boy. Here we go. <laughs> so in today's episode, I, we've talked a little bit about how different things we're going to take a look at. Uh, today we're going to take a look at uh, what it's like and how it works behind the scenes with the email scamming type of crimes. And our feature criminal in this story today is none other than Ramon Abbas, who is also known as, better known as, Hush Puppy, or, which this one just cracks me up, Billionaire Gucci Master. I've owned Hush Puppies. Those shoes? The shoes. They're uh, comfortable. When someone says Hush Puppy, I think of the things from... Uh, Oh, re- Long John Silver. Those things are on point. Uh, they used to be. They're yeah. not anymore. They're not? No, they taste like fried balls. <laughs> I don't want to know why or how you know about those, but whatever. Uh, don't question my free time. I don't question yours. Oh, boy. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. It was too I early. forgot about the Hush Puppies at Long John Silver's. Yep. Does that, does Long, are they going to be in business anymore? There's like one every like state. There's one downtown Indy on uh, 16th Street. Love well, me that. Probably pretty Easy to say if we ever get advertisers on this podcast, it yeah. will not be Long John Silver's. Yep. Yeah. And everybody listening to this podcast needs to send us an Amazon gift card. <laughs> yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's sort of what we're talking about today. You all, you've all seen them. You've been in those recipients of the emails. They started back in the 90s, the Nigerian princesses or prince, whatever it was, asking, I don't remember how did it work. They would say, send me X and we're going to send you some massive amount of gold or whatever yeah. from yeah, our stash. Yeah, they'd say, uh, I'm a Nigerian prince and I can't get to my wealth right now. If you help me with this, you will have like all the wealth of Nigeria transferred to you and people mm-hmm. people would fall for it. You I were, fell for it. You weren't even born when that scam was going yeah. on. It was still going on in the YouTube. You would, but you would fall for it. No, I wouldn't. I'd he, be the one doing it. He actually almost did. He asked me about one the other day. No, thought, I didn't ask you about it. I saw it in the news. This person, it wasn't even the same thing. It was uh, well, a cashier's check. And this person had said, like, this this guy tried to buy furniture off them, and he was going to send him a cashier's check, but they didn't want to do it. But he ended up sending the cashier's check anyways, and, like, it was a big deal or whatever, and I was asking why it was a big deal. And, the, and, and they needed somebody to deposit it for them. And they were asking you to do it? No, well, it, was anybody. Something the, it, was, it was something oh. I seen in the news. They were trying to sell a sofa, and he asked if they would take a cashier's check. Devin was almost part of the hush puppy That's realm. a scam. My wife just got a text message about... Like the Department of Tax saying you are entitled to sixteen thousand dollars, you just need to respond or click on this link. Yeah, that happens all the time. So let's talk a little bit about who Hush Puppy is. I'm a, we're going to refer to him as Hush Puppy. That's what he's most famous and known for. Yeah, that's his social media, mostly Instagram handle, and and also throughout, you'll just for short we'll call him Hush because uh, that's also sort of what he was Hush. known about. He was born in Nigeria, where the lots of these type of scams got their foundation. Scam capital of the world, Lagos. And it's really kind of cool. In, in Nigeria, they set up internet cafes. So, you know, because of the status of their economics in that country, they, people didn't have uh, internet access in their homes like we do here in, in America. So they had internet cafes set up. It's actually, that's not the only place that they have it set up. It's actually really popular in, like, uh, Southeast Asia, Japan, Korea, they have internet cafes and it's really a, it's really a way for people to like go and be on the internet but still be sociable. Sure. But in 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 Nigeria, in Nigeria yeah. it was also yeah. economic based too. They just didn't have the money for it. 
but what happened? They 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 called them the Yahoo Boys after Ooh. the search engine. Yeah, they started off with Yahoo Mail. Ooh. It, and they started thinking of different ways to create these scams. The first of which was the Nigerian Prince thing, and people did that. People actually sent them money to try to get whatever wealth in return. I bet the average age of being defrauded is 65 to 75 years old. And what's funny, despite this guy being, you know, he was he ended up becoming like one of the most prolific and pronounced scammers in the world. His father was a Muslim who was a taxi driver. You know, they didn't have a lot of money. And his mother was a Christian. So it's not like he came from a really like derelict, you know, maybe maybe financially poor, but they still had like a moral standing as a family. Sure. Yeah, she actually sold bread. Uh, she was a bread maker and sold bread in the community. So yeah, they were not they. If you it, so based just based because of the nature of where he was growing up and their language barriers, it's been very difficult for the U.S. media to get a real good handle on what his upbringing was like and what his background was. They found one neighbor who spoke relatively highly of him throughout his childhood, but they lived in what would be considered sort of normal normal upbringing. The pictures that you, that that are out there from when he was a kid, uh, very modest apartment looking house. Um, but all of a sudden, Hush turns into this Hush. famous Instagram guy that's taking pictures of himself in Gucci clothing, Versace bags, Bentleys, Ferraris, private jets, all these different things on his handle. And it, and it creates a massive Instagram following for him. Kind of like my personal Instagram account. Yes. Yeah, he was getting really mm-hmm. prolific just really mostly on social media, uh, Instagram. And, you know, it all started from the BEC scams, which is business email compromise. Yeah, and so this acronym, business email compromise, makes it sound like this super uh, complex uh, organization that makes these difficult things happen. It's not really that complicated. It begins, and there's multi-layers to it in terms of the different roles that people play in the process. The first sort of first actor in it is the person that hacks into the email. So we see this in our business. Um, We use an email host called Rackspace. Everybody has some sort of email host. We'll frequently get emails saying, your email has been compromised. You need to log into the, yep. click this button, log in, and make this fix. Well, you look at the sender, and it's sometimes it looks like it's actually from Rackspace, but it never, never is. Um, but if you click on that, they're going to have you enter your, pass, your username and password for the sole purpose of gaining access to the back of, end of your, into your email. I bet 80% of our staff have done that. I hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. I think we need to have a training on on phishing scams and, and not falling for them. Well, they're honestly easier to fall for than you'd expect. It's not just that easier. Once they get into your email, you know, it, it's kind of like it's not just you would think it just comes from an email, gets to your email. You know, it could be a false website that you click. Sure. And you put you log in your credentials. They do things where, like, they'll send you a website that looks like Facebook. It says Facebook at the top. But it's a hidden URL. You type in your information, and yet you'll never log into Facebook. Yeah, they'll make it look like you're doing a two two authentication type thing or whatever. And right. next thing you know, they've got your your login information. Right. Hmm. And so I, it would look like you're actually logging. It can look like you're actually logging into your email, and you keep trying, keep trying, keep reloading. It's not working. You say screw it. You you close the web page. You open it again. Go back to your original email. Now you log in. You blow it off as the internet was messing up or the page was messing up. In reality, you just gave someone all your login information. 
And, you know, a lot of people share passwords with, like, other websites right. or a variation of their uh, password. So with that, it's, you know, they, they can collect enough information off someone to be able to eventually get into their email. That's crazy. And these, these, Yahoo, these Yahoo boys, as they were called, started realizing that if we can get into corporation sides of these email accounts, how much more money we can... Oh, sure. Invoices going back and forth, yeah, stuff like that. How we can steal from people at a much larger higher quantity and volume than we were when we were just dealing with individual people. Well, you still got to talk about how they were doing it as well. The way that they were actually doing it, they'd get into someone's email and they would they would just monitor it for months, looking like when an invoice or a transaction is about to happen. When that happens, what they would do, you know, they would see the send and the receiver and right. all of that. So say I email someone and I'm like, here is the bank information. Please deposit your 7,500. Well, then they hurry up. They're watching it constantly. They email the same person. They say, hey, we accidentally gave you the wrong banking information. Please don't use that. They'll have the same exact email, but a number or a letter will be changed. It could be an I turned into a one, something that at a glance, you're already, you know, the person's already right. expecting this. Right. And the emails look identical at a glance so that they wouldn't, they wouldn't think anything of it. And so they have the new um, invoice or whatever. They deposit the 7,500. Instead of it coming to us, it would go to. Change the account number. It would go to him. And, you know, they think that they've paid. We're thinking they haven't paid. And, you know, days could elapse where we think right. that there was just a problem with payment. Or, you know, we call them. They say, well, I just paid. So give it a couple of days to process. And the whole time the money has gone through, but it's gone to him. Jeez, oh, Pete. And, and it, it, while it's, it's not sophisticated, it did take a decent amount of work because they would literally hack into these emails and spend months doing research to find you know, because you got to think, you get into a fairly major corporation that's doing a lot of transactions. You've got probably a person that's in charge of doing those. And they're watching for companies that are doing frequent business with that company. Right. And so then yeah. they slide themselves in. They'll literally look identical from top to bottom. Everything will look identical except the invoice number, or except for the account number where they pay the money to. And so they've submitted an extra invoice. They beat the regular invoice that's going to come by a week or two. The regular invoice still comes. They'll many times pay both because they're just not. Right. It's something they just got in the routine of doing. Especially when you're dealing at that high of dollar vault. Right. And they'll assume, if anything, they'll just get it credited back right. or you know, right. credit for the future or whatever it is. Reality, you just paid this guy twice. That's crazy. And so that scam starts generating literally six figures in single transactions. And then it gets to the point where it starts sitting millions of dollars where it gets really complex and why you don't see people getting busted for these things very often is one many of it's done overseas it's spread out in bank accounts all over right the world they'll take these these you know this one five hundred thousand dollar payment and it may get spread out to eight different accounts but the thing that even really helps them more than anything is the companies that are being defrauded are embarrassed by it so they don't want anybody to know right so They'll they'll maybe get their insurance to cover, but sometimes they don't even report it to the police because who wants if you're a bank, for example, if you're a major corporation of any type, for example, you don't want it out there that hey we right. either paid or received money to the wrong person to the tune of six seven figures. Not only that, but you know, like when you pay an invoice, you get a receipt. Right. So they would still send that receipt. And not only that, but they may have the website link tagged. And that's kind of like what I was telling you, where the website would look identical yeah. to the other person's website. 
And then if that person decides to put in their information, now they also have the original sender's information, but they have the recipient. So now that it's it's almost like a disease. They, they, just by doing that, not only are they getting money, but they're able to spread. So then they can do this onto the other Right, company. and anything that they do. So, you know, because a lot of these are big companies, they're selling the sellers, so they, they get to hit everybody in the chain. That's crazy. And because it looks so legit, nobody even thinks for a second it might be fraud. Maybe we could start our own business doing this, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much time do you think you'd give me less than five years? Well, we'll talk about what Hush Puppy's facing here in a little bit. We could just change it to, like, Banks and Blower. <laughs> like Let's cha- change the Banks, not the Blower. <laughs> Skanks and Hauer. Yeah, things more look more like blower. Oh, you know that, that Devin would be visiting that website. Oh, every day. <laughs> it show up as like my most recently visited all the time oh, on, for my, sure. on my website list. So it, to give a good context to how crazy this problem is, it is the most harmful financially uh, type of scams that are going on. So just in 2020, there was over 20,000 such scams that the FBI was aware of. Just that they're aware of. Just in 2020, 1.8 billion in losses to companies. And those just are one just year. people that want, like you said, that they're aware of. Not only that, but people that are, you know, not too chicken shit to right. Oh, there's admit so many it. people that wouldn't admit that that they got scammed. So th- that's led to. Uh, What's the Yahoo boys, the original Nigerian um, founders of this, this sort of scam have realized we can go big dollar and we can go big dollar and not nickel and dime the, the local guy or the local grandma at a $10,000 hoping to get this big payday. Uh, and and they've started hitting it big. So the players in this hierarchy, you got the hackers. They're the ones that get the, the initial access. You got the money mules. They are either, um, they're usually locals in the area because somebody has to receive the money initially. Those people are then, sometimes they're tricked into it. Sometimes they actually know what's going on. They then disperse that money to several different um, co-conspirators. Right, they're the ones that launder it, basically. And and they have what, well, they start the process. The, lo- the launderers are actually the, the last of the chain. That's where, um, as we'll hear a little bit later, Hush Puppy comes into play. They call them the loaders or the launderers, either one, but they're the ones that wash the money. It shifts through so many different bank accounts, they can't trace where and how it came from. So it, part of his history, that what's actually really interesting, and they would go to internet cafes and everybody there would be doing this. Literally everybody Like, hey, there. Jim, how's it going? Well, it wouldn't be Jim. Yeah. But. Well, I think if you've heard, uh, it, some of this happens on the phone. Sometimes you'll hear what it sounds like. It's clearly a scam of some sort. And you'll hear a bunch of different people on the phone all doing the same kind I was of thing. Gonna, I was going to bring this up. Have you guys ever heard of Mark Rober? No. He's a YouTube star. He used to work for NASA, and he determined how to use the IP address of these companies that are doing these scams, and he's able to log in. Oh, yeah. I've he's able that. to log into their video, and then he, like, sends them these devices that, like, shoots out glitter and fart spray. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? I've that is amazing. I've seen one where he actually, like, logs the scammers trying to scam him and he successfully gets into the scammer's own computer yeah. and he'll like refund all the people that have been scammed. But so what I was saying with the internet cafes, like everybody there would be doing something like this. But like how he said the Yahoo boys, these guys got together and they formed a little group. Hush Puppy wasn't even the oldest one. He was someone that came in, oh, you know, Puppy. after it already been developed. 
but they decided to take it to a new level. They decided to like really start pushing this out on a mass scale and kind of like what was mentioned, they weren't scamming the local people around them or poor Americans. They were, you know, hitting the top of the chain. Does Nigeria not know that this is happening? The problem is, is that, you know, you have a lot of like slums and, you know, you have to have with a country that big, you have to have a very big police force with a lot of money poured into it. And that's money that Nigeria just can't spare at the moment. And so what happens with all, most of these uh, individuals involved in these scams, they, they will start getting successful. That's what happens with Hush. The timeline of when Hush gets involved in this is not clear because, you know, they're, they're, they're very good about hiding their identities for the most part. Um, but we know in about 2012 is when he claims the handle Hush Puppy on Instagram. That's when he starts posting. At, at the very beginning, he was he moves from Nigeria to, I believe it's pronounced Kuala Lumpur. That is a Kuala Lumpur. Lumpur. That's a that is a pretty common uh, path, if you will, for Nigerians that have um, sort of broken out of that poverty cycle in some way or another. Uh, that's a very common community to move to. So we know in the, around that time frame, he moves there. But at the beginning, when he's first posting on his Instagram at that point, period in his life, he's living a relatively normal life. He's living in a, what appears to be a relatively normal apartment. He's posting a lot of like the motivational rag to riches type stuff that you see on social media, trying to show that he's, you know, he's made the turn. Well, the Doing thing is, so he, legitimately. Says, he says he's a real estate developer. If you actually go look at his Instagram, it still says that he's a real estate developer. Right. Of course. But of course, he hasn't been posting since he got arrested. And has never bought real estate, ironically. Yeah, yeah he probably has, just not with his money. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and he's certainly not developing anything. So, um, but that is what he says. That's what he holds himself out to be. It gets it, his wealth starts getting really flashy in in 2015. Um, one of his Instagram posts in 2015, uh, he's standing out a out of a local um, in Kuala Lumpur, a local Versace store, uh, and he has just spent twenty thousand dollars in that one store. And they are announcing that he is the customer of the year for 2014. Yes, and so for all of Versace. <laughs> He's the customer of the year. So did he stay living in Nigeria the whole time? No, he actually moved to Dubai. That's yeah, where so, he got arrested. So, okay. so eventually, um, starts unraveling a little bit in 2017. One of his associates um, was arrested for a similar BEC scam out of Houston. Uh, and by this time, uh, 2016, Hush has moved to Dubai and his wealth is on great display. This is when we start seeing pictures of him. Uh, he's always in Gucci, Versace, a lot of, lot of tracksuits, quite honestly. Um, but start seeing pictures of him in private jets with a spread of um, fruit and, and fresh food right in front of him or in front of Bentleys and um, Lamborghinis, all those kind of things. Private, his apartment in, in Dubai is... Ridiculous as an outdoor pool that overlooks the city. Is that where his associate Loud Cat hangs out? Loud Cat. Opposite of Hush Puppy. Oh my. That's fucking dumbass. <laughs> That's the corniest shit I've ever heard. I don't know if it was bad that I couldn't figure that joke out or if the joke was that bad that I couldn't figure it out. It was out. terrible. Hey, Devin got it right away. My butthole puckered. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, Loud Cat. Wow. I'm proud of myself. Wow. So, yeah, Hush uh, got hold of Loudcat. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so back at, at this point, he's putting his stuff on in full display. 
asking for trouble. Well, that's not the necessarily thing. that because he's saying he's a real estate developer. But what he does do to start raising his kind of like publicity is he gets into like a lot of arguments with um, celebrities on his side of the world. So it's not really Western, but like a lot of Nigerian celebrities, a lot of the Dubai celebrities, um, and he he's just trying to become more noticeable in right. in that realm of celebrities right. and whatnot. Not only that, but he starts. There's certain people that he starts getting in like legitimate fistfights with, like prominent social media Nigerian celebrities. Holy crap! And so, as you know, people that follow social media, one of the things that people, I mean, it's not just social media; it's reality TV; it's all this stuff. If you, the more drama you create yeah. or drum up, the more followers you get. So he's creating beefs with a lot of other famous yeah. people, if you will. No such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, in the social media world, they're. You know, he's just doing it all to up up his profile. But at this point, and, you know, I will say the the smart people that are in these BEC scams aren't flashing their cash. Like yeah, that's Hustin. what I was saying. So he's on the FBI's radar. They know you don't have the kind of funds that he has and rolling around in dough that he has right. without any any demonstrable real estate business actually in place. Ironically, Loudcat was quiet. He was quiet. He kept it on the down he, low. He was not flashy. He was Despite not flashy. his name. Despite his name. Despite his name, Loudcat kept it on the down low. So, I mean, hey, the cats have nine lives. That's right. <laughs> All right. Seven's just over there blinking. Like, what are these two he's a, the old people going to produce? Producer Devin's trying to figure out how much he's going to put on the cut room floor right now. <laughs> Cut out the last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, around June of um, 2020, and well, in leading up to that, the wheels start falling off a little bit. He starts getting um, involved with a, an individual that's doing some stuff in the United States and in Canada. Um, they do a they do a deal where he's getting pre- the individual that's running the scam is getting pr- is pressuring Hus to provide accounts to run the money into. There's a French bank involved. There's going to be maybe 14 million in transactions oh, that go boy. through. Yeah, he ends up. Uh, so another thing that really got on his like got his trail hot was that one of his biggest transactions ever that he managed to kind of steal from was from a children's hospital. Oh my! Gosh. And not only that, but um, a football league. But this is the football, you know, on the soccer. East, yeah, Eastern Hemisphere. So right. it's soccer to football. us. Football. Foot. Football. And so the. This deal with the French bank, they get some money out of it, but it, fa- it largely fails. And there are some text messages that are going back and forth between the two of them that are acknowledging the fact that the money didn't go through and then makes the news oh, that boy. there was a scam that was thwarted. Uh, and so they're getting a little nervous, but it doesn't stop them, of some course. Of the, some of their boys that are in America do end up getting popped around this time as well. They do. They do. And so... Um, at that point, things are getting a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, a little dicey, a little hairy, a little dicey, and so it, it, it. But and you would think, hey, all this money you made, maybe you would scale yeah, it back a little bit. Maybe a stop. But no, he's still posting about his all his wealth, all the mm-hmm. fancy clothes he's wearing, all of those things, and um, then it comes around to June of 2020, and that's when uh, UAE law enforcement. Uh, ste- steps up their thing, steps up their game, and they come in and come after Hush and his people. And yeah. Loudcat. 
So at this point, you know, that, that's when they they use the SWAT team and they start raiding them as well. And along with raiding them, they do that in conjunction with American FBI. Yeah, so the FBI has sort of gotten on his trail. They're the ones that are organizing, but the, because he's in Dubai, the Dubai authorities are leading the charge. They come up and they arrest, they arrest Hush. They seize, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of um, $14 million in cash, all types of fake passports and, and IDs, all types of different uh, email dress changes. Dress shoes. Dress shoes. Uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars. So much of Versace yeah. and Gucci clothes, cars. And he, he was found in like a very like prestigious penthouse as well. With Hugh Hefner? If I remember reading correctly, it was I think the rent was around like 80,000 a month. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he stealing was, from kids, by the way. He was living in the most elaborate of places that you could find in Dubai. And, I mean, something only a multimillionaire. He was living the multimillion dollar life at that point. Yeah, he, he, was, he was going the whole nine. So three, him and I think two of his associates get arrested at that apartment in Dubai. The um, only one that ultimately ends up getting extradited to the United States for prosecution is Hush. Uh, one of them was prosecuted by Nigerian authorities, and another one was arrested on some drug charges, but ultimately not much happened to So him. those three got caught, you know, in the same area, but there was actually 19 of them that all got arrested Dang. in the same time span. Like, they didn't just hit him. They hit his whole clique that they could find within a period of, two, like, two to three days. But he's the only one that got extradited to the U.S.? Some were already That's in unlucky. the U.S. From Dubai. From Dubai, yeah. Some were already in the U.S. Oh, okay. Some had already been extradited to the U.S. But he was kind of seen as, like, one of the big he, – he was a key player. Yeah, he's posting all his shit online. Well, not just that, but he Idiot. he helped launder it. He, he was, like, right. the kingpin in laundering that money. And so the uh, federal government in, in um, the United States charges him with um, money laundering and attempted money laundering. The incident that is really kind of interesting that um, sort of first led him onto the track of, of Hush and his, his crew was a um, New York-based law firm had a paralegal that was in charge of wiring money transactions for clients on behalf of clients. There was a real estate client of theirs that had a closing um, that came through in the amount of $922,857. Slightly different. Slightly different. That uh, they had cracked into this law firm's email. They had made themselves uh, aware of this transaction that was going to occur. They knew this real estate um, client was doing multi-million dollar, hundred thousand dollar deals all the time, so that you know wouldn't be necessarily looking at this transaction any stronger than another. And they started pretending to be that person, and they got the paperwork through this email scam tricked up to the point where this poor paralegal uh, <laughs> wired the $922,000 oh my. to Hush and his boys. And see, the thing is, you know how you were kind of joking that, like, hopefully one of us wouldn't be the ones to fall for it or that I may be the one to fall for it. But in reality is that when you think of a scam like this on its face, you're like, oh, well, I would never fall for a Nigerian scammer. Because you think of the princes that call you and they ask you to, you know, send them your bank information and they'll give you a million dollars. But in reality, it's way more complex and yeah, complicated. Yeah, it's gotten much more sophisticated. Right, to the point where a multi-million dollar law firm is falling for it. And 
to the point where a client worth, you know, almost a million dollars had their money sent over. And so <laughs> that money actually goes through. It's all siphoned into different accounts all over the world. They had, they had accounts in Mexico. They had accounts in Nigeria. They had accounts in Canada. They literally had accounts all over the place, and they would, money would get separated in all these different directions so that made it very hard to trace. But about two or three weeks after this occurs, the uh, whoever this real estate client of the law firm is realizes <laughs> – there's nine hundred some thousand dollars missing, missing? Uh, from his account. It's a pretty big bill just That's to disappear. Slightly, slightly. And so they they have what, what is in um, Hush's um, allegations. They're like thirty six pages in the allegations. Uh, detail this transaction. There's you don't know for sure who he's doing business with, but they're called co-conspirator one and co-conspirator two. What district was this in? This know? is out of uh, New York. And um, yeah, a lot of extraditions happen in New York. Oh, and for sure. ultimately, though, I believe the uh, the case is filed in California because that's where co-conspirator two is processing the money through. Um, but there's nine hundred twenty-two thousand dollars, and they've got co-conspirator ones. They've raided him, got his cell phone, oh and that's my. where they start making the connection. And in in the indictment against Hush, there's probably fifteen pages. Uh, that are just tying Hush to this uh, cell, phone. cell phone. And uh, they, they did a really nice job. They've got the cell phone. They've traced the cell phone to him. They've traced the, the Instagram account to his cell phone and to his IP address. So they've tied him in pretty tightly with this. And there's a bunch of emails or text messages going back and forth between them that is outlining um, this conspiracy, the one with the French bank. They're, they're showing some disappointment in the fact the transaction didn't work. They're celebrating this law firm transaction <laughs> having worked. Uh, they're that using paralegal. some code language and things of that nature uh, to explain it as well. And so that's um, sort of the story of that, uh, of that law firm and how things start uh, really falling apart for them. Um, there's a significant bang. I mean, J.P. Morgan Chase was involved in the wiring. On that law firm deal, too, what's really interesting the law firm thought they set up good processes. So when in sort of as a redundancy, um, when any before they wired a client any money, the client had to fax them uh, and have a telephone conversation with the paralegal first. Oh, my. And Hush and his people did both of those uh, to the satisfactory where they believed they were actually sending the money to the right Jeez, place. Jeez, oh, Pete. So they... Um, Sophisticated. And just a little quote, um, Conspirator One is telling Hush, keep a lookout for the 396, so you're, you're, you're thing till you hear from me. Okay, we'll do. I'm in L.A., how can I make sure? And then later on, did the big hit, and then yes, sir. So out of that, this gives you an example. As the money launderer, Hush got 396000 of that, uh, just shy of a million that came out of the the law firm. Jeez. The foreign f financial institution was the other one. That's the, the one of the other things in the charges. Again, this is one where they messaged back and forth a bunch of times. It was going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of um, 14 million. They're messaging back and forth. I have six slots. That's what they would say for Hush to say, I've got six different accounts. I can put this stuff in. Devin has six slots. <laughs> Two are just for you. They got your name on it. <laughs> Um, Let me know when you're ready. 
I'm always lubricated. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe some people, especially in the banking world, will have heard of SWIFT. That's the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Tele- Telecommunications. SWIFT is an independent agency sort of is uh, a filter to try to make sure wire transactions are are legit. Well, SWIFT is well, the one that sort of catches what's going on with this uh, larger financial institution where this $14 million is going to hit, and it's the one that withdraws the money, most of the money back. So they, they, they lose out on that completely. Um, there's then another whole slew of allegations they make of a bunch of other conspiracies that were underway that they charge as an attempt. Um, but ultimately what ends up happening is that um, they find a conspiracy involving, and we mentioned this a little bit before, an English Premier Soccer League club. Now, by the way, the nature of the, of the federal government, how they charge things, they don't spell out who that is. I'm um, sure not. But there's two different theories. There was a major transaction that was about to occur between uh, two, two English Premier clubs, trading a player. And then there was also some uh, additional, one other club that was getting ready to do some sort of additional financial transactions involving a stadium or something along those lines. So they're pretty much sure it's one of those two clubs. I'm pretty sure it was actually the stadium of what I had seen. Yeah, they, they don't know for sure because they're li- they they are literally listed as an English premier club. <laughs> but that one was set up to do $124 million. Oh, my gosh. Imagine if that one would have gone through. So that's so uh, he Hush was getting a third, basically. Yep, he become Versace's twenty twenty customer of the year. Thirty million dollars he would have got from that. And uh, speaking of Versace, he actually was on a a, a program with Versace. Nuh-uh. Yeah, he was uh, like a a really big, like legitimate Versace customer. Yeah, and they Damn. they they promote him. As yeah, a, he'd gone to like meetings and dinner with no way. the board of Versace. Oh my! He was being paid paid by them, giving free stuff by them because his his Instagram <laughs> was promoting the shit out of their oh, products. Oh sure. So this all obviously comes crumbling down once he gets arrested. He's charged with um, laundering money, uh, federal. Charges for laundering money carry up to 20, 20 years in prison. Um, in terms of where it, the case is at now, he, like I said, he's facing a maximum of 20 years in prison. He has pled guilty. So if you haven't noticed, a lot of times when we're talking about uh, specific individuals, we'll say charged with crime. Um, with Hush, um, you can go ahead and already... He pled guilty. Closed the jail door, if you will. Uh, because he's already pled guilty. Now, he has strung his sentencing out for over a year now. Right. They're kind of wanting, I think they're wanting to make an example out of him because he was the face. Oh, well, I'm sure. I'm wondering if he's taking pictures for his Instagram account in jail. And you know what's actually ironic? He's not. The last time he posted, I think, is like June of 2020 or 2021. And it was oh, a real, like, motivational. Yeah. And <laughs> if you work hard, you can earn anything. Right. I mean, he has hundreds of, of thousands of comments of people just being like, you know, these charges are fictitious. And not only that, but when he would get into beef with other, like, you know, big time, that part of the hemisphere celebrities, they would be threatening to... Like, let his fraud be known. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. They, oh, so they knew about it? Yeah. Like, everybody kind of knew about it, but it was just on, like, the down low. Yeah. And so, 
I agree. I think they're trying to make a, an example out of him, try to, to try to rattle that world a, bit, a little bit because they've gotten away. I mean, it's it's been a scam, and still to the day, it's a scam that largely gives How them How much checked. total did they get, do they think? Do they, do they know? <sighs> no, I think they don't know. I mean, it was— They're still actually in the process of collecting a lot of it. They're going, to, yeah, they're, yeah, they're going through all the lines of right. you know, going through the emails— Cause you gotta think, this guy with all the companies that he did, just tons of emails that I can't imagine. You know, once once they weren't used anymore, they were probably just deleted. Right. And there's three or four years before they even really were were on to him. So um, he is facing 20 years. I think he was supposed to be sentenced in July. It's now been reset for just a couple weeks from now. Did they do a B plea? Like where it's open, where they're arguing over what the penalty will be. I, I, I've not been able to see a copy of the plea agreement, but they are saying he's facing up to twenty yeah, years. So it must be open. So they are the way they they framed it in the uh, news article I read was that he's been working diligently to show a more positive character. Sure. And the only thing that they kind of um, hard to do that when you scam a children's hospital. Yeah, after you're right. already caught. Right, and the only thing they, the only thing they did say is the government is. Uh, preparing to give him a two-point deduction for taking responsibility, which is common. I wonder and if then, he gave a proffer. I mean, with how many points he probably has racked up, though, it's two going to make any day. Well, that's what Adam's saying is, is an interesting point. Uh, when things get lingered out this long, sometimes it's because they've proffered and are giving yeah. information to the government on yeah. other individuals. He's probably tra- trying to help them track the money down, too. Yeah, I mean, he's a scammer. Yeah, you think so. he's going to... Keep solid with his boys that have probably already turned on him too. The ones that were arrested three, no. four years ago. Yeah, first to flip, first to benefit. Yeah, I, you get the sense that perhaps co-conspirator one uh, did flip. I'm sure because uh, they they pieced together that story pretty well against Hush, and that would be hard to do without some help from right. somebody on the inside. And that phone. And what's really also interesting too is he had posted on Instagram his birthday. He was celebrating his birthday, and you know he said happy birthday to me. With that, that's what was able to put that final piece together on who he was because they took his picture. They what took an his, idiot. They took his birth date, and they were able to match it to um, passports and international passports. Here's and my with social that, security number. With that, they were able to find exactly who he was. They were able to track him to the you know hotel he was staying at. And from there, that's when they finally got the last piece of the puzzle needed to arrest him. Right. And that's when the FBI, in conjunction with Dubai SWAT team, that's when they made that raid. Well, and quite honestly, but for his notoriety and social media, pretty decent chance he's just another one of these scammers that goes unchecked. Is that, I mean... Yeah, I mean, think of the people that don't flex all yeah, their not, stuff. Yeah, 90% of the people well, probably eight, get away with it. 1.8 billion. That's crazy. And they're not getting people like this charged very often. No. So it is something where they're trying to coordinate those things better. It's diff- more difficult with the Nigerian authorities than it is with the Dubai. Uh, Dubai is is pretty on board with... Uh, oh, I'm sure. Trying to trying to help clean that up, so... Due to how pro- prolific this is as well, how prolific that it happens, that's also why I wouldn't be surprised if he just gets slammed with the absolute maximum or close to it, even if he does, you know, do a proffer and kind of rolls on his other people just because, you know, he was almost like the face of this sort of oh, quote-unquote sure. movement. Sure, So absolute, you know, I mean, you've seen it with drug dealers and things like that. They will... They will give you the very short end of that stick, and they will fuck you with it, just to show that anybody else who wishes to be like this guy, this is what will happen. This is what will happen yep. to you. Yep. Yep. All right, well, folks, I think that wraps it up. The story of old uh, Hush Puppy and Loudcat and Loudcat. Loudcat's still on the lamb. He is. Yep. <laughs> Don't even have a face to the guy. It's the way we can work another animal another, into yeah. this yeah. scenario somehow. 
Uh, so thank you for joining us on our podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners. We've got a couple really cool st- uh, shows planned up here in the future for you. So uh, special guests coming in. Yeah, I hope you'll keep on uh, listening. Thank, thank you. you.